Welcome to episode 91, the big old 9-1. You realize at this pace, I timed it perfectly. If I put out an episode every other day, which I plan to, we are going to hit 100 episodes before the new year. I don't know why I said we fuck you guys who think that everything's an inclusive effort. Fuck the people that are like, no, the fans are the ones that make it happen. It's like, really? They're the ones that make it happen? Okay. I guess I'll just fuck the almost 50 minutes I spent doing it, the 10 minutes setting it up, the 25 minutes of writing the description and title and all that shit. I guess so. Uh, but hey, you know what? It's all about the fans. Clint, cool yourself down. Now it's cool. You know, it, it's okay. It's a double standard. It's uh it's like a It's like I can tell a lovely lady at work be like, "Mm, you looking fat." And I can say it with, you know, a sexual tone. You know, same PHAT type of fat like, "Mm, you getting fat, girl." But for some reason, I've never gotten the response of, mm, boy, you looking fat. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, no. It is not the same. And you know what? It's probably best. You know, harassment in a workplace, I think it's overblown. Of course, it happens. But I think, honestly, 80% of harassment, quote unquote, that could be filed um i think i think a lot of people actually like it a lot of people actually like being violated in their personal space i really do i've been harassed at work i used to work at a job my very first job where um it was a normal thing you know we were all young 18 19 and every day your boy had them fat cheeks every time i'd be prepping some lettuce you know certain lovely ladies would go by and uh, grab a peach, and uh, well, ironically, we are down in Georgia. Um, <laughs> got my peaches down in Georgia, and I was like, baby, 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 no, 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 you went too far. Um, but yeah, got a it was a regular thing, but you know what? I enjoyed it, I like the attention, but I only like the attention because. The lovely ladies that were doing it were ones I wouldn't have mind if they uh went 180 degrees the other way. But, you know, they won't be blatant. You know, you had to go into the break room. They just clock in. They go back to the cool, cool break room. And, you know, they take a quick break before they start their shift and uh, just get a little handsy. And you know what? It was It was just subtle. And by the way, never did anything with any of these ladies except one was my girlfriend for a period of time but even then you know what it was respectful it was just we don't play no games play no games and they never fucked around we getting close to having my last name <laughs> oh clint oh clint uh you know speaking of last name i do find it uh is it normal? Should should it be? Is it going to get more normal for, as a man, for someone to 
where it's just normal that someone taking your last name is cool and cool outdated. Um, and I, I'm not against, you know, I'm not this like old timer. It's like, it's gotta be like this. Right. But, uh, it does kind of have to be like that, but hey, you know, otherwise it's like, I did all this, you know, planned a wedding, paid for the wedding, all this shit. You're willing to go all in, but that last name, hey, slow your roll. I mean, like, I, the exception would be celebrities and stuff. But even then, even some of them, they just put the hyphen. Just put the hyphen. It's not really the same as committing. Speaking of, uh, Molly Kierman and Jalen Rose got a divorce, but apparently they've been separated for almost a year, which... And apparently rumors has that she's dating Stephen A. Smith. And I'm going to say this bullshit because anyone that's ever watched a minute of her stake would know Stephen A. Smith can deal with, wouldn't want to deal with that shit outside of the workplace. It don't even seem like he likes her at work. Well, I don't know. Maybe they have uh, some intense anger sex. He's like, shut up, Molly. Um, or maybe he's getting paid back at Jalen for always destroying him on any basketball takes. Talk about uh, shooting a three. And, uh, yeah, shooting threes. But anyways, um, buckets, uh, I guess the Fab Five wasn't enough to keep them unionized. It's weird. That that whole situation, the whole being separated thing, but still not getting divorced. Like, you really think, like, if you were separated for a year and you just didn't want to file for divorce, right? Like, you really thought after three or four months, you guys were going to work it out. You know, maybe it's legal reason. Maybe it's like, you know what? Taxes next year. I don't know how the fucking shit goes. I've never been married. Never been close. I've been closer to not being married than to being married. If that makes any sense. But, holy matrimony. Um, it, It's... It's just... It's, What's the point? And it's not about getting in people's business, but it's like, it took you 11 months to figure out after you guys would say, yeah, we're not going to be together. And you're married and stuff. Like, would it ever have worked out if you separated for a year and then you just, hey, we're going to work it out. It's like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like uh, that gap year um, was just a year to someone to fill in the gaps between you. Maybe there was. Talk about a, uh, and by the way, like the show and like this podcast is all done in on the first take. But what the fuck do I know? I think Molly is a very attractive lady. Um, I'm not this ant. I'm not one of these dudes. On I'm not one of these people. Like oh, a woman should never talk about sports. But sometimes, as a moderator, she can be quite annoying. She'll interrupt at the worst times. And you can even see when Max was on the show, he was like, Jesus fucking Christ. I'm, I'm making a very, I'm destroying the opposition. But you know what? Now that I think about it, maybe, just maybe, creating conspiracy theories here. Maybe her job is when Max was destroying Stephen A on some of these takes, her job was to stop it before it became too far to come back from. So she would just interrupt Max in the most obnoxious ways so Stephen A can intertwine and at least recover himself where, you know, you only lost 38 to 10 if we're going to do a football game instead of getting shut out 55 to 7. Well, that's not shut out, but 
you know, you get the gist, you know? And maybe that was her way of protecting Stephen A. Even though I don't think Stephen A needs to be protected, making like $10, 11000000 million a year, but you get the point. I do think, uh, I don't know who filed for divorce. I think maybe it's one of those quote-unquote mutual things, but it probably really wasn't. I do find it a little bit interesting. I really do think, I mean, you swing back the clock. Um, I do think when LeVar Ball made comments, when they were first newly together, they were kind of married. I think they were married. They may not have been married yet, but they were at least together. And he said some stuff or whatever when he was going through a tear, going through going to all these radio shows, Cowherd show with Kristen Leahy, went the first take with Molly and all these, and he was just basically destroying the woman co-host or the moderator at all costs, not even on purpose, but he was just, uh, be like, and what have you done? Woman, you know, he would do the whole woman need to know their place type of stuff. It's like, Hey, just, uh, just relaying the message here, not confirming or denying that's my belief, but it is. Not exactly. See, covered all bases. That's all you have to do is completely agree and disagree in the same statement, and no one can hold you accountable for nothing. But anyways, plowing through. Um, I do think looking back, he basically told your wife to know her place and to speak only when spoken to. You know, that type of rhetoric. You know, he's an old school type of guy. Did on national TV, and you had a radio show later that day, Jelly and Jacoby, highly underrated show. Um, but by the way, but I felt like the show was better as a podcast, not the radio. The radio it seems dwindled down. It seems very they can't really do all the stuff that really made them Jalen and Jacoby. But uh, I do think when he didn't really come out and go after him or really defend his wife like that it was like oh hmm it's like I'm pretty sure she would have liked if you came out and put yourself out there to defend her whatever and I think when I saw that I was like this ain't gonna work she's gonna hold that against him for like the next 20 years of their life. Now, they only made it like three or four. But, hey, I was being optimistic. I'm an optimistic guy, except when I do this podcast. (laughs) But all the other 23 hours and 10 hours, 23 hours and 10 minutes a day, highly optimistic. Um, I just think, yeah, I remember that when, when I first saw they got divorced and whatever, that's the first thing I thought of. It's like, hmm, I wonder... Because I feel like the seeds are planted before the actual event happens. I don't think that's exclusive to just divorce. I really think there's seeds and little plants that you see some and it makes you keep your eye open, but you move past it. And then when something happens or it's a gradual thing and you guys just in one day, it just all comes to you of whatever the fuck it is. And all that shit builds up. And it's all these little, little things that add up to one big thing. 
And all those little things that you just let go, they're never let go. The whole, this whole letting go thing, there's no such thing. No one ever lets go of shit. Even when you do the whole, I'm in a better place, I'm at peace, I'm happy for I'm like, no, you're fucking not. You know what? I'm not saying you gotta be out here like, hey, I hope they uh, actually get run over by a semi-truck type of shit tomorrow. But you don't have to wish the best for everyone. Not everything has to be cordial, but not everything has to be so so volatile either. Sometimes things are just be like, you know what? I'm good. I don't have to wish I don't have to wish my best wishes for everyone. I really don't. That doesn't mean I want the worst to happen, but I could really care less if anything great happens for you either. It means I literally don't care. And that is okay. Or I don't have a opinion about you anymore because I don't have a personal attachment to you, whatever that attachment may have been. It's okay to just be like, I don't care. It's like, I don't want nothing bad, but I don't care if they thrive. You know, like I don't care about Kaiser Permanente and their whole thing is about thriving. Fuck Kaiser Permanente. Not going on that rant again, but look, not everyone needs your best wishes. It's okay. When things don't go the way, and maybe if you want to be the, and maybe if you're the person that fucked it up to help yourself sleep at night, you can be the person like, you know what, I'm in a better space mentally. You know, I've just, uh, I've just found myself. I'm just at peace. You could do the whole Algus Alcina, Jada Pinkett, where it's all this justifying of bullshit, where it's like, you know. We're in a better, me and Will are in a better place now. It's like, really? Because Will looks miserable and he looks sad. This dude is out here reminding people how much pussy used to get and no one gives a fuck. He's basically like remembering the glory days. And it almost looks sadder on his end because it's really just him like, hey, I know. Because because of her fucking one dude while they were together. It made it not even just cheating in public, all that shit. It's it's just the and I've I don't remember if I've covered this, but I'll cover it briefly and keep it moving. Um but it's just it, it's the combination of being blatant about embarrassing this man on your own show. The red table talk. The red should have been stop, stop what you're doing. Don't make this a production, and just viscerating and putting your husband out there, even if you have an open marriage, even if it's all that and all that's behind closed doors. Like, you just don't put that out there for the world to see, and maybe it's for this business. But see, that's what happens when business overcomes your personal relationship and emotions and feelings because that business whatever money you made off of that one you have this younger August Alcina who's been going through it and you could tell he's still not really over you could tell this man still loves Jada he's like oh come here Gloria and let me fill your Gloria hole <laughs> that's disgusting that's a using a Madagascar kids movie for a glory hole reference Talk about the glory days, right, Will? Anyways, but it's just so, 
it's just so kind of sad. And I know recently came out with a book where it's kind of going deep into that. But, you know, I've seen the quotes where he's just basically talking about how much pussy he used to plow. It's just like, yeah, you know what? Well, I, I never doubted that you plowed a lot. Actually, I would have been more surprised if he didn't plow as much as you said you did. Talk about uh, snow dogs. <laughs> oh, fuck you. Um, it's just uh, it's just kind of sad because you kind of see, like, this man's really... If all this situation had happened, he would not be coming out talking about how much he used to get. It's this to try to recover, like, hey, guys. Hey, I'm still... I'm still let's not forget who I am. It's like, no one forgot who you were, but uh, it's kind of... It feels like a desperate recovery attempt type of thing. But hey, not my business. I've been talking about other people's divorces for the past like 15 fucking minutes. Probably 12 minutes. Look at the number on my camera. But uh, it's just... Gosh, I feel like TMZ and People Magazine. More like People.com because no one fucking buys a magazine. You know, that's the thing. I've never actually gone to any Publix, any Kroger... Where they have any grocery store where they have those magazines at the uh, cashier register where they have it there by the gum and the candy, by in the soft drink, the 20 ounce soft drinks, but they're trying to get you some last second where your nine year old kid is like, Mom, I want a Mountain Dew. You're like, No, no, Mom, but I want a Mountain Dew. And then you're like, No. And he's like, Mom, you told me I was. You were going to kill me. And then everyone in the store is like, what did you say? And he's like, shut up. All right, we'll get you the Mountain Dew. I want a two-liter Mountain Dew. So then you have to go all the way back and get a two-liter Mountain Dew just so your kid doesn't falsely say that you beat the shit out of him. But I've never seen anyone, while I'm behind them or in front of them, I've never seen, everyone looks at them. Because you know what, we read the cover, we see like, oh, Brad and Angelina, Having a seventh kid, adopting a seventh kid is like, I thought you guys divorced four years ago, but hey, what the fuck do I know? Um, talk about two people in the most average name movie that was extraordinary, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. It doesn't get more average of a name than that, but whatever. FX got the movies. Um, Jesus, Brad Pitt looks like a hunky motherfucker. He could be buzz cut. He could look like the dude Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I don't care what steroids or testosterone he's on. That's a fine-ass motherfucker, but plowing through. Um, I've never actually seen someone grab it, those fake tabloid magazines, grab it, put it there. And I've never seen a cashier scan it, and I've never seen someone buy it. Never. Never in my 26 years on this goddamn earth. And I remember about... 19 of those years, I've been to the grocery store a lot as a young one, as a non-young one. I've been to many different grocery stores, plenty of different times. I ate a lot of food. Always from grocery stores? Not necessarily. But I've been in them, and I've never seen someone buy it. But yet, they make millions of prints every week, every day. Someone's buying them, or are they? Or is it, we're not making any money off of this, but just the advertisement and the name. It's just a marketing tool that we make no money off, but benefits other things, maybe. I don't know. 
I do not know. Uh, oh, Jesus Christ. Um, yeah. I don't think, uh, you know, you know, it's funny. So I've been trying something out new. Don't worry. I'm not going to talk about myself, even though this is a podcast by myself. So of course I'm going to talk about my fucking self, but it's not going to be just about myself. It's going to be about my day, which includes myself, which is going to plow through and move forward to a bigger point. That's what we do here at the Off and Be Podcast. Don't forget to leave a review. Don't forget to like and subscribe. God, I hate doing that shit. I hate, I hate self-promoting, but I'm just training for when I write a movie. And it gets a 92% critical rate on Rotten Tomatoes because, you know what, it's a masterpiece. And, boy, I have a masterpiece of underwhelming. Gosh. But, anyways... But, so, I've been going to this new Dunkin', one that I actually have to pay for shit. It's kind of a weird change-up, but you know what, different environment? The people there already kind of know me. I even got a free drink today. I was like, wow, your boy's just getting it everywhere. And I know people come here regularly every day, you know why? Because I've seen the same people go there, and they get no free drinks. And you know what, I don't overly talk to them, I'm not... I'm not one to conversate with strangers. I get to know, I walk in, I greet them. Hey, how are you doing? I keep it simple. But I don't want to get attached. I don't want them interrupting me while I'm working if I don't know them personally. I don't want to ask them, what's that you're working in your notebook? Even though they have, and I'm open about it. They're like, wow, that is so fascinating. And I'm like, eh, I don't know. It's pretty, it's a pretty lonely process. But hey, it's uh, the ward. Eye on the prize. And, uh. But yeah, but it's just, uh, whoa, where the fuck was I going with that? Oh yeah, trying out new things, right? I've always, for the past three or four years, I've had a very standard, simple routine that was thoughtless. My thought was if I drive an extra 13 miles to this other location where I get free drinks, I'm spending gas money, but I get free drinks. Like, okay. Sounds cool. People I know there, I may run into an old friend. But I was like, you know what? Some financial situations in life, trying to preserve my car a little bit longer. I've made some changes in my life. My job is a little bit closer. So I'm making a lot of changes to, you know, make the Benji's stretch. <laughs> kind of like a dungaree. And boy, I am done. Two different degrees. <laughs> Fuck you. Um, but I've made this change, and I think it's a bigger realization. It's much more a relaxing feeling I have, and I've been much more productive. I'm not driving all the time, and I used to think I, I love driving, right? Then I realized the less and less I've had to drive, and I have this routine where I go to this Dunkin' three or four minutes from my house, and then I go there for four hours a day, write, 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 work on my shit, focused, listen to whatever the fuck while I'm working. And then 30 minutes before I get to work, get my shit, go across the street, get ready and go to work, right? And even though I pay for the coffee, I think I'm saving money all around. 
But the bigger point is some of my circumstances forced me to have to change my routine. And to be honest, I was very apprehensive to it. I was apprehensive because I felt I felt that if I were to change my routine, it would prove that my previous routine was a waste. Wow, Clint getting ultra serious here. But I think we get caught up in routines that we think are productive for us, right? And it was productive for the most part. Um, But sometimes you have to change a routine even when you think it doesn't need to be changed. You know, spice it up. You know, you can't do missionary all the time with your lovely lady. You can't do the same thing. Yeah, learn. You know, it's okay to keep learning about the anatomy. It's okay to learn what uh makes the time bomb tick. It's okay. You know, you guys set a underground pipe bomb and uh pipe down. What I got day for you to pipe down. The world is yours, but the city's mine. That's an underrated line because at first on the surface, if you just read that on paper, it's like the world is yours. It's like, oh, I got the world in my hands, but the city is fucking mine. Would you rather have the world? I'm going to get back to the point, but would you rather have the world or the city or your city specifically? Because the world, you can't really be in control of the world, right? You can't really have a grasp of the world. It's too big. You can have a general sense. You can have a general popularity, whatever the fuck. But this city, I own this shit. I run this shit. I run this town tonight. Um, there's not only specific ownership, but when you run this city, you are literally synonymous with a specific place and you elevate that place to more than what it is or to bring attention to what it is. And it's just under the radar. So that's why when he says the world is yours. But the city's mine. He's still up in himself. Even though it sounds like. If you were just read it on paper. The way he says it. You get what he's saying. But if you just read the lyrics on paper. You'd be like. Why are you dissing yourself? It's like. He's not dissing himself. Drake never disses himself. Even when he holds himself accountable. Literally the next line. He'll somehow blame you for not holding him accountable. For you know. His own actions. (laughs) He's like. You never communicate. I know. I know I fucked your mother. But you never communicated that with me. It's like. You know. Not everything. I didn't feel like I would have to. I feel like that was just common law. Um, But hey. Common law marriage. Anyways. But routines need to be broken. And I hate being that typical. Because I've been listening to this dude, Mark Manson. I've been listening to him on podcasts. And he has this book, Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. And he has a other book. Actually, I think he wrote. He helped write Will Smith's most recent book, ironically. Um, but yeah. I think... He's not a self-help guru like that, even though he technically is in that field. But a lot of these self-help gurus, it's just the most basic shit. Mind over matter. You gotta, you just gotta believe when no one else does. Your biggest enemies will be asking you for a job later on. It's like, actually, most of them probably won't. Because they'll probably realize, like, yeah, you know what? I kind of told this dude to suck my dick. 
I don't think I'm going to put an application for this place, even if I am in dire straits. Sometimes you got to swallow your pride when they wouldn't swallow your dick. It is what it is. But, look, I get it. It's, it's a lot of this generic, it's your root. Sometimes you got to fall. Sometimes you got to fall down and get back up. It's not about how many times you get knocked down. It's how many times you get up. It's like, well, I don't know. I mean, if you get knocked down eight fucking times and... You know, in a row, you know, the ref should have called off the fight after the third or fourth time It's if it's happening in the same round or you're wobbly. Like, you know what, maybe actually sit the fuck down, call it a match, recover, and maybe regroup a different strategy. Don't keep doing the same thing and keep getting knocked down, knocked down. But hey, I know, I'm taking too literal. I'm just adding a little humor insight. But whatever, fuck me. Um, but look, I obviously, keep getting back up. Don't quit. Never give up. Never give up. Um, but a lot of self-help in general is just generic shit. And they put in a book like, oh my god. But hey, you know what? If you are down in the dumps and you read a book that you paid 28 bucks for. And it makes you go from the bottom to a tier up. And it improves your life. That 28 bucks is, means nothing. And it's priceless. So you know what? I'm not shitting on the idea of self-help. But a lot of it is just... Something you've thought of before, and you had to read it in some yoga, zen, bullshit, zodiac sign, whatever. It's like, you know what? It's funny about zodiac signs. It's so beautiful that there was a whole killer that abused the system, and that's why you cunts love zodiac signs. It means absolutely nothing. I'm sorry about the going to zodiac sign rant, but hey, all I'm saying is people literally use zodiac signs as a kill threat. It's cool, though. Fuck me. Anyways... Routines and cycles are meant to be broken, and sometimes they will not be broken on your own merit. And this is kind of a theme of someone working on, so I'm not going to go too much away. But it's kind of ironic how all this stuff is happening as I was writing what I'm writing. And there's some infiltration of me in a prism of someone else. But to me, cycles routines have to be broken by circumstances that force you to break those cycles unwillingly and against what you want to do. But you embrace them once you realize this is actually something new. You feel rejuvenated. It's like if you it's like if you are working at a job that you hate and you complain about all the time, blah, blah, blah. It's not doing nothing for you. You're unhappy. But you'll never quit that job no matter how unhappy you are. Sometimes your boss has to do you a favor when they see how miserable, how shitty you become an employee, and they just have to fire your ass. And sometimes, because you didn't have the courage, I'm not going to use the word courage, because I understand it, because you didn't have the withstanding, because you just didn't have it in you to just quit, because you're worried about the downfall and and the immediate fall back potentially of that when you don't have a job in place. Woohoo, right here. Um, and you do that and you don't have a backup. You don't have something there to fall. You don't have a uh, sleep mattress to fall back in. You don't have a sleep number bed to, you know, set your hourly pay in. Um, it's about curving the bell. <laughs> um, but yeah. It had to happen. It had 
to be taken out of your hands and decision had to be making for you. I'm not a spiritual, I'm not a religious guy, but you know, maybe sometimes God or a higher being is like, hey, you're not going to fucking do it. You know what? I'll just do it for you. And I'm going to make sure you get fired. And maybe he takes hands. Maybe he forces you to do things in a day that cause you to get fired and you didn't even realize it. I don't know. I don't know how that shit works. But when we don't have the courage to leave some, sometimes we have to get fired or we have to be forced out of situations and positions to actually get in a different one, even if it's not better immediately, but something that may be more fulfilling or something that may be a drawback from what you had so you can actually appreciate what that was and realize, wow, I really didn't appreciate that before because this right now sucks. This job sucks. I'm repeating, this job sucks. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. But hey, you take the good with the bad and you appreciate how not bad it was before, but it just got stale. Got a little mold on the bread. Wore out as welcome. It's like it's like a loaf of bread that stays in the package. You see the mold growing in, but you're too lazy to just throw the fucking bread in the garbage. You're too lazy to just throw it out and admit, I'm not eating this shit. I'm just, and then you just let the mold grow in the bag and it starts reeking a little bit after five months. It's like, uh, that's really what sometimes someone like... You just have to have a visitor come to your house, come over for the game. You have chips and dip. They're like, what the fuck is this loaf of bread with all this mold? It's like, yeah, just have it thrown. So they just grab it, go all the way out to the dumpster, throw it in the fucking dumpster, come back in and be like, someone had to do it for you, bro. Because you weren't going to fucking do it, you lazy fuck. And it's not always because you're lazy, but cycles are meant to be broken, just not your period cycles. Uh, Stay off the birth control, ladies. It will fuck up a lot of your shit, but so will... Having to the thing that it's preventing. So really, it's a lose-lose. Um, I would say stay celibate, but I would not want that for me. So please, be whores just for me. But be on birth control. Deal with the pain. It's not my problem to deal with. But hey, I'll uh, give you a nice hug on the shoulder and be like, we'll get through this. That may have been the most douchebaggy thing I've ever said. But you know what? Nothing wrong with a little doucheness as long as they give you a fair lady warning. Um, anyways, but yeah. What was the moral of that? Um, yeah. Uh, routine. Change it. Uh, but yeah. It's been nice. It's it's been a nice change, you know. You know. Also, I will say this: like as someone who's gotten a lot of free shit from old places I used to work at, and really it's just one place. Like I can't go in the American Eagle, be like, "Hey, your boy needs some jeans," and they'll be like, "You worked four hours a week here." It's like, yeah, but I was in charge of the fitting room. I just think it's a uh, fitting if uh, you give me some room for error and they'd be like you didn't even qualify for the discount when you got when you worked here you have to work x amount of hours for a discount i'm like well i guess uh this will count 
<laughs> fuck you, Clint. But yeah, need jeans. So give me the 40%. And they're like, fuck you. I was like, fly like an eagle. Alrighty. But yeah, I do think sometimes the worst thing that can happen is you get shit for free that are not good for you. Any, like coffee. Jesus Christ. When you pay, when you start paying for coffee, you know, one, I'm not critical, but if it tastes bad, I'll just get angry to myself. Like, I can't believe I paid for this piece of shit. But it also makes you like, I don't really need more than one of these a day. My body's good. When you're paying for stuff, you know, all of a sudden your body, uh, it doesn't need a lot of things. It's like, am I really that hungry? Am I really that thirsty? It's like, nah. And you go about it like, you know what? I'm good. I've lost weight. I've not done things that I would have done before. All because I am essentially a broke fuck boy. Without, you know, the fuck part. I'm a broke boy. I'm boy broke. Because your boy is broke. <laughs> oh, Jesus. But hey. Never felt more myself. Uh, but yeah. Good times. Even though it's probably not really good times. But hey. It's good times when you don't have to worry about having to afford a good time. And like I said before. Probably now. I'm going to. People. I'm gonna probably going to get invited to parties. I'm probably going to get invited to, ooh, mm, you're broke. Come over here and let me uh see if the toy stick still, you can press the A button. Yeah, you press the A for ass, B for booty, and the X to mark the spot because that's the one I really want. And then you can ask why. And then I uh, give you the hit stick. <laughs> oh, Jesus. And, uh. Give you the nice analog. Oh, Jesus. I just named all the fucking parts on the Xbox controller. Controller. Oh. And all that will happen after... I need a one dance. And... I've actually never had Hennessy. But hey. What the fuck do I know? But yeah. Um... What do we get? What else we got? Routines, cycles, um, let's see, talked about steroids, talk about Brad Pitt being a fine ass motherfucker, no homo, which by the way, why the fuck, this whole like, the no homo culture, it's funny how now, you know, you can't really say it, because it it is pretty interesting, how, um, ironically with when it comes to gay stuff, when it comes to saying terms and stuff. I find it a little bit interesting that the assumption when you use terms is perceived that it is used in a negative way, degrading. Like, I'm not even going to say it because I will say this. I don't know if YouTube is blocking my videos from the algorithm. Because, look, I know my podcast is not a mega hit on the video version. I get most of my play on listens, and that is okay. Um, I just think it should accidentally get, I don't know, 15 views by accident. 
I understand 45 minute videos and the algorithm kind of fucks shit up. It doesn't really get there unless you already have an established one. And I don't do clickbait titles. I do very, I actually hand make titles. I don't just put the description in the titles for a bunch of buzzwords. Like, you know what? I'm just like, you know what? It'll hit one day and it'll be fine. But I wonder how advanced this YouTube technology is where it's literally processing every word you say in a video. And if you say one thing, I guess that's why you hear, that's why when you see videos that are from monetized channels and shit like that, I guess now it makes more sense why they do bleep out things. They're like, why are you bleeping out that word? That's not even a cuss word. It's like, oh, just the fact that term they know in the YouTube algorithm it will get completely, it will be the difference between the video getting 800,000 views in three days and 250,000 views because they'll not even recommend it to subscribers type of shit. And I don't have a lot of subscribers and that's okay. I'm not here bitching that I don't get views. What I am saying is I feel like I'm not giving a fair chance. You can't handle the truth. It's probably what they're saying to me. Your videos suck. And I'll be like, yeah, a little bit. It's probably not visually appealing. It's probably not something you just look at and like, wow, look at this guy who hasn't even looked in the camera for more than three minutes in the whole fucking podcast. It's cool, though. Um, What else? Gotta drag it out. Like a queen, queen bee. I've never understood the beehive. Um, isn't is Bruno Mars, now nah, I think about it, not to get locked out of heaven after I make the statement, but um, it will probably rain after Beyonce's Versace on the floor. But is Bruno Mars the Beyonce of male vocalists? I don't know. Not the guy to answer that. Just throwing that out there. By the way, his real name's not even Bruno. Not that you need me to tell you that. Because her eyes, her eyes. Make that booty shake like she is hiding her hair, her hair. She's so pretty, man, I feel like I'm dying. She's so beautiful. And I remind Jay-Z every fucking day. You know, you know... I would never ask you to change Beyonce, and that probably is why you would never consider me at all. Um, but anyways, I don't know. Um, is music? I, I will say this though, you know, on a parting note, parting note of the podcast. Um, I don't know why I said and music. I wasn't going to continue talking about music. I'm the least qualified person to talk about anything about popular music that's going on. I listen to the same fucking music all the time. Not the point here. But yeah. Um, when should you quit? I, I'm going to leave y'all with a philosopher quote. I'm, I'm going to start doing this at the end of episodes. I used to do something like this at the beginning and then I just kind of losing my way. Hi, my name is Clint. I work on my job. I make $75 and $140 on the weekends a day. <laughs> That's oddly specific, but so is this podcast. So we're just going to go with it fucking anyways. Uh, but yeah, when should you quit when the results aren't 
improving, right? If you just push through it, will the results automatically come? Is it just God's way or is it just the way it is of seeing if you were perseverance and if you persevere will automatically assume in production? When should you quit? When should you quit what you're doing? And I'm talking about interests that you have that maybe aren't working out the way or at least at the pace that you thought it would, right? When should you quit? And I want to keep it simple. You don't. If you enjoy what you're doing, if you trust in what you're doing, fuck it. You don't even have to trust what you're doing. But if you know better to trust something, if you know, the biggest thing I would say is Believe even when there's no reason. Keep doing it even when there's every reason not to do it. Except, you know, consent-wise. But in everything else in life. Do it even when you shouldn't. Because you know what? What's the worst that could happen? It sucks. Okay. At least you're told something. At least someone has an opinion about something. Maybe it's not good, but it's better than having something. It's better than not having something. Maybe it didn't grow at the pace you thought it would. Okay, but do you enjoy doing it? You can't sit here and say you don't care what other people think, but then let other people decide when you're going to quit. So, more of the story is, Only quit if you don't enjoy it. And you don't, and only quit if you feel that you are okay not continuing. When you just don't have it for it anymore. And even when you don't have it for it anymore, do it because you know what? Maybe you'll find why you still do it. I don't care. If it's playing your guitar, I don't care if it's doing a podcast, I don't care if it's writing, I don't care what the fuck it is. I don't care if it's something that you know you will never make a single dime off. There's no reason not to do it. Other than you are scared of the fact that what other people perceive of what you do. Like, it always fascinates me when people judge other people's hobbies. And by the way, this isn't about me. No one judges my hobbies. But I've seen enough where it's like, why do you waste your time doing that? It's like, I wonder why you don't waste your free time doing anything. You hear people that criticize what you do in your free time. And there are people that, quote unquote, say they don't have free time. It's like, well, maybe because you chose a job or a profession that required all your time. And then you bitch about for why you don't have time. Because if, or it'll be, oh, I have, there's stuff I want to do, but I don't have the time. It's like, well, make time for it. If it's that damn important, you will find a way to make time for it. I'm a firm believer if something is important enough for you, with few, ex- with certain exceptions, if you have kids and stuff like that, like, you look, fuck your dreams. <laughs> I'm just kidding, but a little bit, not really. But <laughs> but it's different. You have responsibilities outside of yourself for things that are 
not about you anymore. And it's about serving someone bigger than yourself. But if it's just a fucker like me. Or a fucker like you. Yes, you. I don't know who you are. But you. As I look into the camera. Um, there's no reason for you not to do it. There really isn't. If you... The only reason for you not to do it is simply because you are afraid of what other people think. It's not because you're critical. People say, I'm so critical myself, perfection. It's like, when did perfection mean you do nothing? The excuse of I'm a perfectionist doesn't give you an excuse to not do anything that you enjoy. Because you're scared of, oh, maybe because if I, if I do this, it's not going to be great. And if it's not great, there's no point in doing it. It's like, well, I would say maybe chill the fuck out and do it. I know I'm just, I sound like a self-help guru that charges 27 bucks to tell you, you can do it. You can do it. <laughs> but you can. Keep believing don't stop believing and take this journey with me. And, uh, yeah. Just, uh, this is not a Nike plugin. Just do it, though. Alright, that is episode 91 of the most uninspired piece of shit advice at the end of a show ever. I Because I didn't even have a direction for that. I just kept putting in adjectives. I just kept throwing in half sentences with incomplete thoughts. Incomplete thoughts. Jesus Christ, Clint. Fuck. But yeah. Alright guys, that's episode 91. Remember, um... Like and subscribe. Leave a review. Just, you know, leave a good one. Um, oh yeah. And suck some titties. And, uh... Don't let other people decide what you do or don't do. That's more of the important message. You know what? Let me go back to the message. The most important part of the message is don't let others dictate what you don't do. Does that even make sense? Ah, Clint, you're a fucking idiot. I fucked this up. Whatever. See, I thought I was going to wrap it all around. I was going to lap it back around. And that's why they see nothing but my back because I just lapped them. (laughs) That's definitely a line from a song that I stole. Hey, nothing wrong with stealing. It's basically sample. You know what? I'm just sampling your lyric. What if we just start doing that? I'm just sampling your lyric. Relax, bro. All right. Have a great day. Whenever this episode pops out, it'll probably be like Wednesday or some shit. I don't know. Episode 91. Enjoy. Suck some titties. In case I forgot. I didn't forget. But you know what? If you say it twice, maybe it'll happen. Manifest.